You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways. You know, even the minor things, the little things uh, of our life, amen, the Holy Spirit speaks. Let me tell you this, that, you know, for me, I prepared this whole week, the message, and, um, and I did a lot of research, prepared the PowerPoint and everything else. And whole night, like I slept 12 o'clock in the night yesterday, morning when I got up to just go through my message, it was all wiped out. <laughs> and um, then I had to sit back and quickly do something about it. And I prepared something, you know, which of course messages in the heart. And I prepared something and I come here and I try to connect with the media here and it's not connecting. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening, but God has something, you know. So let me just use my other device. <laughs> That's why I don't depend on all these gadgets. Amen. And uh, great. Okay. Oh, it's you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now it's on. Great. Is it on? Okay. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. I know the early church, they didn't have all this, PowerPoints, and they preached in the power of the Holy Spirit and what was in the heart. Uh, but media also, or gadgets are also good to bring the gospel, you know, bring the message uh, to the people in the, this day and age and as we progress. Amen. Um, you know, today's message, as you can see, as we celebrate, you know, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, or as the Jews would celebrate, if I pronounce it rightly, Shavuot. Um, and the Jews, they celebrated this as the day in which the Torah or the law was given to the people of Israel. So after Passover, Shavuot means, simply it means weeks. And Pentecost means 50. And when they came out of Egypt, they celebrated Passover just before they came out of Egypt, as you know. And then after a few weeks, God gave them Torah or the law to follow on Mount Sinai. As well as that, they also celebrate the grain harvest and they bring the first fruits of their offering to Jerusalem. They used to bring that to Jerusalem and offer it to the Lord, to thanking God, thanking God for the harvest. 
And one of the traditions of the Jews to celebrate Shavuot is a day before, whole night, they will just read and study from the book of Ruth. Now, why do they read or meditate or study the book of Ruth or the Bible? Why don't they sleep and they're awake and read the word of God whole night? Some traditions, they say, <clears throat> because when God gave them the law, when God gave them the Ten Commandments, they were not alert, as if to say spiritually they were sleeping. And hence they committed sin against God by making an idol and worshipping it. And God's wrath came upon them. So some traditions, they say that that's why they're awake that night in a sense to say we are alert, we are here waiting to hear what the Lord God has to say. The question is this, how many of us are asleep? How many of us we are not alert? Someone said, a casual attitude towards God will make you religious and not spiritual. Once again, I'll say, a casual attitude towards God will make you religious and not spiritual. And that's why the Jews, they read the Bible in order to be alert, to hear what God is saying and study the book of Ruth. And why book of Ruth? They read. They do read other books, but mainly they read the book of Ruth because Ruth's life speaks about giving. Ruth's life speaks about kindness. Ruth's life speaks about selflessness and faithfulness. She stepped into an unknown future, trusting God for her destiny. So much you can learn from Ruth's life, where she dedicated herself for God, to God. Well, everything had gone wrong in her life. Everything had gone in a mother-in-law's life, Naomi. And that's why she called herself a name, I forgot that name, but which means bitter. Mara. Which means bitter. She was bitter. With what all that has happened in her life. But Ruth... As I said, she trusted God for her life and for her destiny. How many of us will respond to life when everything goes wrong? We respond to life and towards God where we complain, we are 
where we kind of murmur or grumble or, or we are in that place where we are bitter and hurt. Sometimes where we question God, Lord, do you really care about me? But truth, she trusted God. And that's why there's so much you can learn from the book of Ruth. And that's why this study on the day of Shavuot, the night before, the book of Ruth. And then when we come to the Pentecost, the day of Pentecost book, Acts chapter 1 and 2, when you read it, the disciples, they were meeting up in the room. The scripture says in Acts 1.14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Because Jesus had asked them to wait in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Now the word here, these all continued, in Hebrew, it means procrastinio, which means to be earnest towards, to persevere, to constantly be diligent, not to give up. They continued. Now, it was not an easy situation for them because there was a constant fear in their heart that someone will come, arrest them, persecute them. Because Jesus had gone. He rose again from the dead. They saw him. But the threat had not gone. But they continued in prayer. And it says, in one accord, which means in one mind, one passion, They continued in prayer. Church, this is what we need as the body of Christ. This is what we need where we don't give up. We are diligent. We are constant. Continue. And with one accord, one mind and one passion. And I'm telling you, God will do wonders. God will do wonders. And the day of Pentecost, the disciples were faithful, selfless. They gave their time, they gave their life. They were hungry for God. They were hungry for God and this is what we need, hunger for God. You know, recently I attended this AOG conference and Russell Yvonne, the preacher, the pastor of Planet Shakers, he said, hunger creates awe. Awe doesn't create hunger. When you're hungry for God, God will move. God will do wonders. Think about this blind man Bartimaeus. All his life blind, sitting on the highway, begging with people. But a day came when Jesus was passing by and there was a huge crowd. Disciples surrounded him and blind man Bartimaeus, he saw this is my opportunity and I cannot miss. 
And he cried out all the more. He, he cried out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone around him shushed him and said, Shh, be quiet. Be quiet. Tried to silence him. But nothing could stop him. In fact, he cried even all the more. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And that drew the attention of Jesus. That hunger that blind man Bartimaeus had for a breakthrough, for a miracle in his life. How hungry are you to see a breakthrough in your life? And as you know the story, Jesus turned and healed him. Think about this, Zacchaeus. A man who was short, tax collector, everyone hated him. Hunger that made him what he did to climb up a tree to have a glimpse of Jesus. And as a result, Jesus went to his house. How hungry are you for Jesus? Think about the woman who had this bleeding problem for 12 years. The Bible says that she spent all earnings on doctors and nothing happened. But she saw her opportunity when Jesus was passing by. And she said, only if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she pushed through the crowd. This is the attitude where someone who is hungry to be touched by the presence of God. And the moment she touched the hem of his garment, she received her miracle. God is looking for hungry people. Are you hungry for God? Second thing about Shavuot, Pentecost, is where they celebrate the first fruits and the harvest. And when I thought about it, the scripture that came to my mind when Jesus said, the harvest is plenty, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And I think I would like to say prophetically to the church here, the harvest outside is ripe. Are we ready for to reap the harvest. You know, as I said a few times, that a man of God said, in the days of Elijah, there was a cry, where is the God of Elijah? Today there is a cry where it says, where, where are Elijahs of God? And God has chosen you, God has called you for a purpose, for a plan, to be his witnesses. To disciple others. Are you busy doing that? 
Ask yourself this. Am I in the field reaping the harvest? You know, this story, once I said to you about 2 Kings chapter 6 and 7, when you read, you know, the Samaria was sieged by the enemy, the Syrian king. And they had no way to go out, collect food. There was no supply going on. Supply chain was broken. People were going hungry. You know, even dove's dung was sold for high prices. And the scripture says, even they, you know, the donkey's head was sold for very high price over there. People just ate anything they found, even to the point of they went to being cannibals. And there was all this turmoil and confusion and commotion. And the king, when he comes to know about this two lady fighting, he just tore his cloth, cloth. He didn't know what to do. Because they were all inside fighting within themselves while outside God had already done a miracle for them where he had brought confusion in the enemy camp, defeated them, and they left all the plunder, all the goods, there in the tent where they were pitched. And there were four lepers outside who sat there hoping that someone will give them food from the wall of Samaria. Nobody turned up. They were going hungry. And they thought to themselves, hey, if we sit here, we are going to die. Let's go out in the enemy camp. If we get killed, we'll get killed. But maybe they'll have mercy on us and give us some food. And they took the risk and went out. And God had already given the victory to them. And they saw all the goods, gold, silver, food, and everything. And you know what they say, one of them? They say, hey, it is not good. Today is the day of good news. Let's go and share it with our brothers and sisters in Samaria. You know, when church doesn't go out and reach out to the community, what happens? The enemy comes in and you fight within, us, within yourselves. I'm not saying about this church. I'm talking about the other church. I'm just joking. If you don't row the boat, you will rock the boat. And that's why it's so important to row the boat. Be there to serve God. Come out of your comfort zone. Step. Be ready to step into the unknown. I'm telling you, when you take those risk those steps coming out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you have to sacrifice your time. Sometimes you have to sacrifice your priorities of your life. And when you take those steps to serve God, you'll be surprised what God will do in and through your life. Hallelujah. Then talking about the Holy Spirit, the scripture says in Genesis 1-2, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. This is how the scripture begins. The earth was formless. It's like our life, which was formless, which was empty. There was darkness, but the Spirit of God came. He touched us. He filled us. He took away the darkness from our life, and he brought a purpose and plan for us. Amen? And Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, when you see Exodus 31, verse 1 to 3, here it says, Then Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. So we see in Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was working in the lives of people. Holy Spirit came upon people, give them, giving them the skills that they needed, giving them you know, that power at certain situation to overcome the enemy. That's what happened. But on the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years back, Holy Spirit came upon all the disciples. That was the birth of the church. And since then, that move is still continuing. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Silas quoted this morning when he started the service and he nicked my coat. <laughs> J. John, he says, if Christmas is God with us and Easter is God is for us, then Pentecost is God in us. Do you realize what it means to have God in us, to have the Holy Spirit in us? That's why I said to you what I said, when you have that casual attitude towards God, you will become religious and not spiritual. But when you get the revelation of what it means to have Holy Spirit residing in you, your life will be different. Amen? Jesus said, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. The creator of heaven and earth, the powerful God who did mighty miracles, who parted the sea into two, who raised the dead to life, who raised Jesus Christ back to life, that same Holy Spirit dwells in you. And that's what Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he said, you shall receive power. Amen? You shall receive power. People of God, let us ask ourselves this question. Let us ask ourselves this question this morning. Where am I 
right now standing before God? Is my life on fire for him? Am I being a witness for him? Do I realize who, is, who lives in me? You know, are you led by the Spirit of God? Because the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. Amen? That's why Christian life is not boring. If you think Christian life is boring, it is not boring, it's exciting. Morning when you get up, you know, and when you pray, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, ask God, Lord, use me for your glory. God will bring certain people, certain situation in your life where he will give you the opportunity to be a witness for him. And he will demonstrate his power through you. Take that step of faith. I would like to say this to you this morning. Tomorrow morning, even today, when you go back home, just pray this. Holy Spirit, good morning. When you get up in the morning. Today, I commit my day into your hands. Will you lead me, guide me, will you speak to me? I want to be used in your kingdom. You'll be surprised how God will use you for his glory. Amen. Last week I had a few encounters, you know, where people just asking, you know, about Jesus, unbelievers, asking about Jesus, and I was able to share to them about Jesus. Someone who came who had been Christian, but because of hurt and pain in life, had gone far away from God. And God brought me, you know, I had this divine appointment where I was able to share to this person about the Lord. So God will use you. Are you willing to be used by God? Amen? For his glory.